Hey everybody, I'm Dan Vespris, the host of Fantasy NBA Today, Hoopball's flagship full-season fantasy podcast. We cover every piece of news, every mock draft, every rank list, pickups, drops, buy lows, sell highs, and every sleeper candidate all year long, Monday through Friday. Come check us out. We're Fantasy NBA Today, and you can follow me on Twitter for updates at Dan Bespris, D-A-N-B-E-S-B-R-I-S. We'll talk to you soon. Welcome to the Casa Brew Show! What is up, brother Cos? And I'm feeling good. I'm ready to talk some basketball. We just had the most, uh, one of the greater uh, prep prep uh, meetings in, in our history, and that's saying something. So We're not allowed to cover s- any of those topics, are we, Cos? No, no, we're not. But it was great. <laughs> <laughs> we did at least an hour on that. Yeah. yeah. Um, we'll do more on, on that than we will for the show. <laughs> Hey, if you'd like to subscribe to our What's the Premium product we don't know yet, uh, you can get in on the pre-Cause and Brew show. Uh, but that was fun. I'm, I'm plenty warmed up now. Uh, yeah, right, right? I don't need my coffee. My Hawaiian Isles Kona coffee. Oh, did you hear, so here's, here's one. Now, now, before we get started on basketball, like we've been talking about, you know, how I, 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 I said to, to Brew, I think last week or the week before, for, you know, as far as COVID goes in sports, that there's definitely going to be a college football player who dies because of this, because they're just called NC2A is just the worst organization in history. And so, like, you know, in stride, <laughs> of course, Colorado State, it comes out that they've been um, that they've been uh, telling the. Uh, the athletes to hide their if they have symptoms to hide it if they have symptoms of covid it's like okay uh, and they're and they're racist too yeah i was really i mean it's tough these days to kind of follow (laughs) which i i guess speaks to the the way that that the people in power are trying to win an election is to kick so much dirt up in the air that you just can't possibly keep up with everything um when colorado state came across my timeline i think my eyes twitched and then i just like slumped in my seat and said not today (laughs) (laughs) not today (laughs) i mean basketball alone has taken me out of the 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 rest of the more important things in the world and and I actually feel a little bit bad about that because um, right. this is a, a very important time in our country's history to get things right and to not screw this up. <laughs> <laughs> and, well and, sad. And, 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 and there could be a celebration afterwards. We can get a vaccine. We can have a normal country. Yeah, Somewhat yeah. normal. Yeah, yeah. All right, all right. Anyway, get on it. Cool. Yeah, get on it. All exactly. Right. Um, but um, that sort of filters in to you know we we we've had a couple like ten days in the bubble or something like that, and NBA basketball is going, and you know unlike Colorado State, the bubble has been 
pretty good. You know, the, the, the testing has consistently come back negative. Um, you know, there's no widespread outbreaks. It's working, you know, not even for the most part. It's really working. Right. It's, it's um, you know, if you're a league that wants to continue playing, um, you know, the bubble is best. The, the, the Major League Baseball scene, um, I, I, I feel like they keep, I think they're on the ropes like every day. Like baseball, they, yeah. I mean, they're I, they're they're struggling. There's they're too str- many um, COVIDiots, you know, within their ranks. I I think my opinion, right. Um, and and so you get these massive outbreaks and yeah. locker rooms. I mean, the, the more people you add to the locker rooms, and that's why football to me is just hilarious. Like, it's, there's not going to be football. Yeah, how could there be? It's not going to be football. Just like everyone's beginning, there's not going to be football. There's no unless they just decide that they're okay with a couple of people having it. That they're like, unless you go over five, you know, you can still people can still play. I don't know what they're. I, I haven't really read their policy. What's crazy? Um, great tweet from um, Pete, and I'm losing Pete's last name because it's morning and I haven't had enough Hawaiian Isles Kona coffee over here. Is uh, the Pete Youngman? Thank you, brain. Uh, trainer of the Kings, former trainer of the Kings. That that in of itself is a funny story. Um, tweeted about Buddy Heald, and Heald's looked like crap in the bubble, and you yeah. know he got COVID. You know all these guys that got COVID. You know what's their respiratory percentage looking like? Right. You know, and and it just it, for football to be in the trenches uh, on the line, breathing across from another guy. Yeah. I mean, all game long, huddles, you name yeah. it. I mean, football locker rooms like are just packed with people. Yeah, and, and I and I think that's really hit home with the linemen because they're they're the biggest from what I saw, the biggest population of people that have opted out are offensive and defensive linemen. Because there's no way you're you're in there. You are Face to face every single play with people. So if somebody's heavy, got it, you're heavy breathing. You're heavy breathing. <laughs> you know, like like if you listed the CDC ways, the things that you should not do to catch to catch it, they do every single one of those things. But have they floated the idea that these guys should be wearing masks? <laughs> I haven't seen, but like... <laughs> linemen are so disrespected anyway. Right. Not only do you have to to just get repeated blows to the head, <laughs> do this physical sport with a mask on. There you Sorry. go. Um, um, but but we've gotten some news here, you know, uh, today from Adrian Wojnarowski talking, and we'll we'll touch on some of that stuff. But the uh, just the 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 state of sport in 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 the United States is is you know we're seeing it play out with the NBA. We're seeing a successful version of that play out. Um, but we got a lot of questions, you know, ahead. Not necessarily with this restart. Um, Playoff-wise, I have questions just kind of like generally what that looks like. Um, you know, high-intensity games in a bubble. What type of gamesmanship we see with COVID stuff. Um, you know, you see some some tiny reports about people calling Adam Silver directly. You know, with COVID concerns, you know, there was the LeBron weird cryptic we had something happen in-house and it didn't sound good. 
when you heard him talk about it and then uh, JaVale McGee missed a game and you're like, what did JaVale do? Um, you know, you got a team with J.R. Smith, Dion Waiters. Uh, you know, what, what high-profile moment do we have that's COVID-related in, in this upcoming playoffs? But the bubble's working good. Uh, Adrian Wojnarowski's report today, this morning, had just so much stuff in it. Um, primarily that the the owners aren't necessarily stuck on a December 1st start date for the upcoming season, but um, could look as far as February or March, you Ooh. know, if they think they can get fans in the arena. And that makes perfect sense. I mean, you know, got to make money, you know, might as well wait and, and right. try to get as many of those games in when people can get into arenas, even if it's a limited amount. But then there's also talk about like, well, what if they don't do that? They were talking about regional bubbles, that teams would play sets of games in and uh, then move out of the bubble to probably a different bubble, maybe like a divisional bubble or something. And that's, that's what I didn't understand because I thought that's the approach that like baseball and football should take. Mm. That's, that's what, that's the only thing that I felt because the fields, it's not like, you know, basketball where the fields are so big and like, you know, you, I I didn't think that they were going to have, we're going to be able to do one bubble, but like our regional bubbles I thought would work for them. And so that'd be an interesting take. I'm, I'm also interested in pushing it back to February though. I also feel like you're opening yourselves up to more guys getting it once they're out of the bubble. You know, I feel like there might be a tougher time starting uh, restarting because I feel like so many more guys would have it. You know, like it's a really young league. It's a really, really, really young league, and young people don't necessarily do the best things, especially for those the guys in the league that you know don't have families and don't have kids. You know, they, those ones I feel are going to be a little more loose with it, and uh, waiting till February might, you know, you might you might have half a you might have a bunch of New Jersey Nets or Brooklyn Nets teams on your hands. Well. I mean, this all comes back. I mean, the NBA skews Democratic, and you've seen polls or te- or poll studies, whatever you want to call them, about the seriousness of uh, how people take how seriously people take COVID if they're Democrat versus Republican, and there's quite a difference there. And the NBA skews pretty heavily Democratic, right. so they're taking it about as seriously as you can expect a sample population of athletes to do so now the the major league baseball my opinion skews the other way just being around the game as a a a youth and then you know knowing people in the industry dan bespris who's been in the industry talks about it you know it skews pretty heavy to the right like they're not taking it seriously at all right and so they got major problems and and my thought is you kind of have to have everybody in one spot Right. And hunker down and and do what the NBA's done, which is give these guys booze, <laughs> give them, yeah, right. uh, um, you know, like they threw the kitchen sink at these guys. They yeah. put fish in the pond, yeah. you know. Yeah. <laughs> like, and it's, yeah. it's smart. Yeah, and and it's the whole idea that like, you know, you you don't want to. Be, I understand people not wanting to be away from their family and stuff, but it's like. You know, we deploy the military for a year at a time or a year and a half, whatever. You know, I, I, I don't know that if, if you really want to, I mean, if you really want to play and you want to make this, you know, 
obscene amount of money. You know, it's not like it's a it's the the idea of being away from your family to work is not a foreign idea. Um, <laughs> yeah, you're, you're you're at Disneyland playing squatch or whatever that is. Yeah, I mean, like there's there's a hard there's there's harder things. Now, if you don't want to do it, that's fine. I would completely respect that. You know, I wouldn't want to be away from my kids for, for you know a six you know eight month period, but it's really the only way if we're t- talking about safety, it's really the only way that it can work. So this whole thing, like if you've got any relative that was alive during world war two, you know, like the, the, the lack of sacrifice in our country right now, it's pathetic. Not good. I, it's, not- it's, I mean, come on people. Like I'd say like 15 years ago, like, people probably sacrificed more on like a given week. Right. You know, just being a normal run of the mill human being than what we're sacrificing right now to get our Baskin Robbins without a mask on. <laughs> like anyway, the Darwin Awards will have a, well, ha- they'll have a field day. They don't have to ever get a new story. They can just find, they'll be able to find like 5,000 stories within this this year. Herman Cain, page 5,722. Crazy. Um, But but so bubble stuff is, is, I mean, the NBA is going to have just a ton of gyrations because of this. You're already hearing about the, I think they call them the delete eight that um, didn't get into the bubble. They want, uh, activities because they're just afraid that their guys are never going to play and you know they're going to lose all this progress. So when the season starts, how it starts, fascinating article by Woj and um, shout out to Woj for throwing a couple uh, political things in his article. <laughs> what, about, what, what about the uh, G League? Have I don't. They, you know, I'm, I'm thinking, have they thought about maybe offsetting that more to like maybe have a G League bubble to just to just have basketball on this was um I haven't heard that but there you know what's actually emerged out of this bubble that you might see traction on and I think it's fascinating and I love it it's this idea of uh, relegation of like maybe the first two thirds of the season being a like prelude to the to a bubble not necessarily a COVID bubble but just like the like the next round of the regular season. Uh, so you eliminate teams that, that like the eight teams that don't, you know, stack up or whatever. And then you have some sort of a round Robin to maybe get those last few playoff spots filled. Um, that's gotten some momentum. And um, I think relegation to me is, I know they do it in soccer overseas. That is, if you want to talk about bad owners and, and, and thank you Draymond for being hilarious on inside. I didn't uh, get to see the whole thing. Oh, I, I he just, he just, he, he just torched the, the Phoenix suns. Did he? <laughs> torched <laughs> them. Like, and then they asked him if he was tampering and he said, maybe. <laughs> oh, oh. <laughs> what did he say? Like, what, what was he He's saying? okay. He was, he was, he was shouting out Devin Booker. Right. And then he just went on about, how he had to get out of Phoenix because they were going to ruin him. And I I see no lies told, Um, but you get an owner like that, you know, like penalize them, put them in the B league. 
you know, yeah. and make them earn their way up. It, yeah. Uh, I, I love that idea. And I, I love the, the different, you know, tentacles that come out of that idea. But uh, the league itself, we've, we've had a good run here in the bubble. I think just in the last couple of days, we started to see the, uh, the ugly underside of such an endeavor where you got Michael Malone, uh, more or less tanking. So the Lakers have to play the Blazers like an in-game tank. He could have brought Nikola Jokic in the game and he left Bull Bull in the game. Bull! Bull Bull, man. It's, it, 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 I'm just amazed at the body types. Like, he is thin, man. It looks like he's about to break at any moment. Yeah! That's yeah. actually what I'm watching for. Yeah, yeah. It's pretty incredible. Um, I know he had a couple of good moments early. I haven't been. Yeah, and he honest. plays like a three. <laughs> it's so weird. Yeah, yeah. It's interesting. Well, the big thing for me, you know, watching his tape, it was just really hard to um, judge him. And then I was in, and then his injury history is really what took him off of my board when I was doing my draft stuff. But it was like, the stuff they were showing was from like you know high school and like uh, you know it just didn't look very good and they kept saying how great he was at these things but he he's de- he's definitely skilled but you know I just that body type it's just not very successful there's there's I don't know if there's an uptick in this or not but like I I mean I have one front and center covering the Kings is Harry Giles like I to this day can't tell you what kind of a player he is like. He's oh. he, like he can't shoot well enough to be like a three. I think his future would be as a three. Like if he's really going to make it in the league, because he can't jump. He isn't very good laterally, but he is. It's weird. Like yeah. he's. I'll tell you about Harry Giles, and he's just never going to be very good. Right. Because, yeah. There's something limiting in there. It's, it's, well, I think it's the constant injury. Like, I, you know, Andrew Bynum had a really, I saw a really good interview with him when he was having his kind of breakout year. And um, he was like saying that it's when you're injured, you just can't get any better. He's like, when you're hurt, it's all you think about. And so you rehab, you rehab, you rehab, you rehab, you rehab. Then like, you're just ginger and not you're not really going for it as you're playing and then even when you're like then even when you have a year under your belt it's really hard to try and incorporate new things in your game and it's like you finally just have to say i don't care if i get hurt again and it's like really hard with these massive injuries and for someone like giles who's had like was he at both knees pretty bad yeah yeah and it's it's just like I don't see him ever because people are his hype all comes from like everything he did from like like his junior year of high school, you know. Like well, if anybody but, anybody who saw him before that to up to that point says that you were looking at a surefire Hall of Famer, <laughs> you know, and it's like, well, that's not the case now, you know. And so I, I don't know what he could do. I think I mean. But the weird part about him, just to throw this in there, is he does like ten different things really well for like a player of his age, and and they're very flashy. Like he's a really good passer. Like mm-hmm. I mean, he makes mistakes out there, but like, 
and and it kind of I I I do say this a little tongue in cheek because I feel like all players should be able to do what he does, but he does it consistently with the backdoor cuts and in the high post and finding guys and forcing it, you know, forcing passes that you probably don't want other guys to force, but he makes them and, you know, you can see the Kings offense click a little bit when he's in there. Mm-hmm. Uh, but like he can't really finish with both hands. He, you know, it's like, if you go down the list of things he can't do, there's a lot of things that he can't, he can't shoot. He fouls too much. He's got poor awareness off the ball. I mean, it's kind of go on and on of the things that he can't do. Um, he doesn't really protect the rim. Um, but he's got these, you know, he'll, he'll pop off with a dunk that comes kind of out of nowhere. Um, but a lot of that, like, fouling and stuff, I mean, has he played a full season? Has he played in no. yet? Yeah. No, and the I Kings mean, screwed this what? up so bad. They basically, he came to camp a little out of shape, and I think, you know, they probably weren't thrilled with his attitude at the time. And and how he gets to that point, you know, we could probably go on and on about forever. But so they don't extend him. So they can't keep him under almost any circumstance unless nobody in the league thinks Harry Giles is worth more than $4.5 million. You know, yeah. y- young player with some potential is going to get five mil out there for one year or get six mil or probably more like if I had to guess, he'll get like two to three years for like nine, eight, seven, something in that range. Right. And in which case, unless he really, really likes the Kings, he's gone. <laughs> Yeah. And so they've had no no incentive to play him all year because it just makes them look bad. Yeah, and that and the injuries, like I mean, in, this, in these must win games for the Kings, they have not used him when they needed somebody else to use him. So his his whole experience has been weird. Um, but players are are just weird these days. Like Bull Bull, I'm watching them just like do like a Euro step from the three point line. To get into a running floater. <laughs> I'm like, what the hell did I just see? So, I mean, the bubble. So the bubble's been weird like that, and the games are starting to get a little bit odd. Um, if, you, if you couldn't tell, we were going to go around the Robin uh, with this show. We got a bunch of different topics here. Let's hit some quick news. Ben Simmons' knee, uh, not yes. good. Yeah. He uh, tweaked it, and he's day-to-day. The, the, the dreaded day-to-day from Philadelphia. So, let, let's, let's stay here for a second. So, what do you th- is this gonna if say like Joel Embiid decides he's gonna show out right and go crazy? Are you do you now go? Let's move on from Ben Simmons. Do do you trust that Joel Embiid is the is a, gonna be the best player on a championship team? Like say he say he just like gets it in his head that he's gonna you know, get inside and bully people and he's gonna he's he's not gonna be satisfied if he's not getting, you know, twenty five, thirty and fifteen boards and four blocks. He just he just is not gonna do any less than that. Do do you do you have do you do you feel like you can ship out a guy that is also supposed to be a high end player and that that Joel Embiid's gonna come back the next season with that same edge? Honestly, like if I was the GM of the Sixers, I would feel like I have to dump everything. Okay. Just like I mean, it's I would. I mean, I'm with you. I would. 
I, I would I would cash on all my chips and I would take my forty percent loss and I would just then figure out what I had from there and move on because I I just with Joel Embiid aside from the injury risk, I just don't think he's got it upstairs to to be a leader and know how to play the game the right way. And I was thinking that you know I was thinking that too because I was thinking like. Doesn't he strike you as someone that, like, if they were to trade Ben Simmons, that he'd go, like, I'm the man, kick his feet up, and then, you, like, the best would definitely be behind him? Like, he wouldn't be, like, I don't feel like he's the guy that goes, like, sweet. You know, he's not like, like you know, Kobe, they get rid of Shaq. He's, like, great. You know, next season he scores, like, 34 a game, you know? Like, Joel Embiid's, like, sweet. 15, I got a question for you. <laughs> yeah. What player in the league... Uh, let's exclude LeBron, could be a number one guy and put him in his place. Excluding LeBron? Excluding LeBron. Um, a number one guy that... Uh, they could go to Joel and say, hey, I need you to run. I need you to not get frustrated with your role in the offense. I need you to you know, t- teach these young guys how to play. I feel like, and I don't know, I feel like what I read and hear around the league, I feel that Lillard has that ability. I was just going to say that. Connect, yep. To connect with people like that, um, that he knows how to be tough and, you know, be consoling at the same time as a leader. Um I think maybe now, you know, a good spot might be, you know, uh, like a Toronto with those veterans. You know, I mean, obviously you have Gasol there, but if you're going to like, which they're not going to do, they're not going to keep Lowry around or anything like that. But um, I think he would be good. You know, an organization like that would be good. Um, Obviously, a Miami would be a great place. Any of those, I think any of those, I mean, th- those are good organizations. But as a player, I mean, Lillard's the only one that really jumps out at me. Like, I would say Chris Paul, but I think that would go really bad. <laughs> it, it would just be a nonstop berating on the court. Like, they might actually physically get into a confrontation on the sidelines. You know? Yeah, I, I want to see that just for the, 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 the fun. And it's funny because someone floated out – somebody floated out an a, a Embiid to the Warriors trade earlier. I don't know if you, if you caught that one like a couple of – it was like a month ago or something. And it was uh, – you know, because they actually have the pieces. The Warriors have the pieces to do it because of Wiggins' contract. And so um, and I was thinking, you know, it would, it would make sense, but I don't know that – He's a full buy-in, and then like Draymond would probably try to kill him at one point, you know. <laughs> so that I mean, but the, the, but the fact that we have to have this kind of like really hard conversation sort of says it all, and and why I would be trying to liquidate that team yeah. and and just whatever I can get, a la Billy um, or not Billy uh, Sam Presti in um, OKC. Right. Who I will never let you all forget traded James Harden so he could keep Kendrick Perkins and that toughness and that those intangibles and that defense. That intangibles. Oh, boy. You know what? Oh. I like being right. God, me and Bomani Jones, like this is this was our fight however many eight years ago. 
try to convince everybody that that was happening. People will believe anything, by the way. Like, during the whole Kendrick Perkins, um, you know, episode, and, and he, I've been going on a big old thing on Twitter about, you know, some of the Sacramento stuff. Like, if people say something enough, people will believe it. Like, oh, yeah. at, the, at the time, they thought Kendrick Perkins was that guy. They, you know, in, in whatever example in Sacramento, like, you get enough of people at the top of the food chain saying something, and all of a sudden, nobody wants to wear a mask because they got to have Baskin-Robbins. Right. Uh, Toronto. You brought up Toronto. Um, they're getting some um, hype all of a sudden, so I'm glad I got my bets in early. Yeah. Um. Where are you on the the Raptors Nick Nurse hype? Uh, I like him. I mean, it's kind of funny. Like I was watching him the other day. Like he definitely walks different. Like he walks like a dude. Like he's like, dude, I just I want a ring, dude. <laughs> like he like he has like a different like walk. It's pretty funny. Um, Nick Nurse, he's a really good coach, and is it? It's not going to shock me if they're in the finals. It's really not. Like, they're a really good team. And watching Milwaukee, I th- who was I w- watching again? I mean, they haven't Giannis, gotten any better. Yeah, Giannis is really bad at making plays for others. He's not, it's not like he could improve. Like, it's not like he, it's not like he's just average at it. He's bad at it. He's, he's, he's just a finisher. Yeah, and one- so. Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Yeah, no. So he's just a finisher. So again, if you can employ what Toronto did to him last year, and I still think they have the pieces to do that, I don't. I don't see it. I, I don't. I don't think they could get by. I, I, I'm. I'm. I'll tell you this. I'm picking Toronto to be in the finals, and I have. I'll reserve judgment on if I would be as crazy as to like pick them to do anything to beat the I, I would pick them against the Lakers um, uh, just because I'm, I'm not as I'm not as strong on the Lakers but um, not maybe not the Clippers but the uh, they have done so much right that you know uh, the great Mike Pandador Pasador but he's Panda um, we he's a big Raptors guy great analyst and he sees the game very well um, he just you know, he can't gush enough about this stuff, so it's constantly in my ear. But they, they've done so much right with um, every single player on that roster, it feels like. Right. Fred Van Vliet, by the way, is a legit star, in my opinion. Right. Like, that is so much found money. I don't even know where to begin with something like that. But he's just, man, he plays the game so correctly. Like, right. It, right. And he's just strong. Like, I don't think people realize that, like, he's going to win the strength battle against most of the guards in this league. Yeah. Um, so they got that. They got, obviously, Siakam. You know, and on down the list of thin Mark Gasol, um, you know, Serge yeah. Baco. Yeah, we'll have good. <laughs> I'm telling you, man, the Raptors, I think I got them at, like, something like 10 or 15 to 1 to win the East. Because like, I just don't see him. I don't see another. I don't know if anyone else could beat Milwaukee, but I don't think that anyone else could beat Toronto. I, I feel like that's the, that's going to be the Eastern Conference Finals, and I'm just like, you're looking at it and you just say they're doing everything right. 
Like, don't you like, like Milwaukee? Don't you have to br- bring Brogdon back, regardless of what it's going to do to your salary cap? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean that that you have to. I mean you're you have to bring him back. You have like this is your window. You don't know what Giannis is going to do in the next few years, and you've and you've seen how much Bledsoe struggles in the playoffs. Like you have to bring Malcolm. You cannot. You you have to break the bank. You go over. You pay luxury tax because you have this small, possibly a very small window to win a championship, and it's like. It just shows you the thinking. Like Masai Ujiri's like, I'm trading like one of the best players in the history of our organization to get Kawhi for one year. Let's do it. Milwaukee's like, we drafted a young player, developed him. We have a small window to win a championship, and we're gonna let him walk. <laughs> you know, it's like, Wait, well, it's just as simple too as like you let the wrong guy. <laughs> the wrong guy. Yeah, you 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 signed Bledsoe for no reason in the middle of the season, right? I mean, just the whole thing. It it all reeks of like uh, I have a saying in business: if it doesn't make sense, there's there's like another blank, and like that means like there's another person that shouldn't be involved in the decision making process that's making a decision somehow, right. and it's like usually something very dumb, like the owner's relative, you know, <laughs> really likes the cut of his jib. You know, something, you know, stupid. I lied. I lied, by the way. I got Toronto plus 600. Um, I should be doing my my bookie read at the top of the show, but I'm a very undisciplined show host, so I get carried away. Um, But if you sign up with mybookie.ag, and the uh, link will be in the show notes, you get 100% bonus, and you support HoopBall as well. So. Get on over to my bookie and deposit that money today. How'd I do, Cause? That was good. That Are was you good. compelled? I am. I am. I am. <laughs> but Toronto, I mean, it's funny because now I think like you're going to see, because of the, the gushing this week in the bubble, I think you're going to see them emerge as the favorite on like basketball Twitter. Uh yeah, probably by. I mean, the odds won't reflect that because right now Milwaukee, I don't have their odds in front of me, but the uh, they're probably like two to one, something like that, something to advance. Like that. Something like that, yeah. I think it should be f- like a neck and neck thing between them and Toronto. That'll be interesting to see that the the lines move that way. But one last thing on Toronto, real quick. I and I know you're a defense guy. Yeah, I love the creativity of what they're doing. It's like they're bringing elements of almost like football zone coverage mm-hmm. into the defensive mindset. And it's really like kind of like one of those things where if you had enough time to focus on something like defense, right. you could get creative like that. And right. I mean, just this last couple of years, you've seen a lot of the off ball zone to protect mm-hmm. the corner three, um, you know, and how exactly that, um, you know, that unfolds when you're, on offense, like how do you, if if the backside of the the pattern is going to zone up, and you're not going to get an advantage because those guys are moving around, you know they're they're dipping in, you know either trying to get into the paint or rotating along the the outside of the perimeter trying to create pattern movement, you yeah. know if that if those guys if those defense if the defenders aren't moving well now you have mismatches, 
So how do you exploit those mismatches? And it's what it does is it forces the offense to take 14 seconds or more (laughs) to to try and just (laughs) to get the mismatch. Yeah. It's, it's genius. Yeah. Yeah. uh, God. Yeah. I don't need, I'm I'm almost leaning to where I don't know how good of a series it's going to be. You know, we'll see how, we'll see how the, how they are early in the playoffs, but you look at Giannis's issues with making plays between Siakam, Anobi, and a motivated Ibaka. Like, that's a lot of length and a lot of guys that can stay in front of him that he can't just overpower. And they swarm. You know, you got, you know, Van Fleet and Kyle Lowry dig down low. Like, when, if he, when he get, if he could get down there, those guys aren't hugging up for the three. Those guys are digging down there, scraping at the ball. You know, it's it's a uh, it's going to be tough. It's going to be you know it's I don't it's I don't know I don't even know if that's going to be a good. Series. I want to see Kyle Lowry win another chip too. Yeah, that would be amazing. Because I mean, there are some things about Kyle Lowry that you see and you kind of roll your eyes a little bit, but the vast majority of Kyle Lowry stuff that you see is gritty, just awesomeness. Like, and I, I don't care about the flopping. I, I love that stuff. <laughs> I'm a flop man. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I love it. Born a flop, uh, I'll die a flopper. <laughs> you know, though, I didn't, I was not a flopper in, in when I played. It wasn't a thing. <laughs> like, we didn't do it. I school. it wasn't like a thing. <laughs> no, you know, I was just talking with somebody about this the other day. It might have been you. Huh. But but we ha- we knew a flopper in high school, and I don't even want to I don't I don't want to shout him out because I don't want right, to. It was it was Eric Walker. Oh yeah, okay. <laughs> Eric did. Eric was had yeah. known to hit the ground. Oh, and he and he was the first person I ever seen uh, do it. You know you know who actually started it was Duke. Yeah, Duke was. They were big on flopping, but Eric was the first basketball player that I had ever seen that consistently, like can ran sh- back, shoot well while flopping. Yeah, like, I, I'd never seen anybody like he was the first guy. But this is just some kid we grew up with. Great guy, Eric. We love you. Um, really good. But you were a flopper. But he, but he, he was like I'd never even I'd never I hadn't even seen it in the NBA at that time. Uh, you no, know, like that I, stuff came later. I hadn't seen it in the NBA, but I, I don't know if he just if he got fouled one time and then because he, he was doing the leg kick, it wasn't like, you know he was doing Reggie the leg Miller. Kick. Reggie was doing it. okay. Reggie Reggie started it all, which I'm by the way ask, makes sense because he tortures us on yeah. telecasts. Yes, I'm going to ask Eric actually if who if his inspiration was. was? Yeah. Because he because there was a, there was a stretch when we would play where he always fell on threes, you know. <laughs> like when it was like, well, you know what's like funny about that around. to bring it to bring it full circle back to the NBA, um, you know, and I and I mentioned this earlier about the the OKC James Harden trade. He used to get benched regularly for kicking his leg out on threes when he was a rookie, and it was like he wasn't making that much noise then, and. You know, it took about, a, would say, a season and a half before people really realized what they had there. And, um, but that really rubbed Scott Brooks the wrong way. And yeah. you, when you think about, like, big impact things, like that Kendrick Perkins deal wrecked a, a potential dynasty 
Right. And <laughs> it, it might have started as, as silly as it as it sounds with the fact that Harden kicked his legs out on threes, and now look at what you know his his entire game is <laughs> based on the element of like I'm gonna get you to foul me. <laughs> I don't care if I have to give my newborn child up. I'm going to get you to foul me. <laughs> like that dude sits home at night and he, he literally diagrams it out. This yeah. is how you're going to foul me. Um, so, I mean, that's kind of a, a, a not that wasn't on the uh, the production sheet. Um let, let's move on. I'm going to uh, skip a question about can Boston, Miami, Indy have a shot to make any noise? I think the answer uh, is no. No? <laughs> yeah. We'll go, go moving on. Now, this is, a, this is a tasty meatball right here. The Portland Trailblazers and the Los Angeles Lakers. Um, yes. Portland's looking pretty damn good. I mean, anything oh. can happen in a small two- to three-game series for the eight- to nine-play-in. Uh, yeah. game but uh i would be worried if i'm the lakers yeah um i'm it's gonna be interesting and the more i watch them the more interested i get i mean i think the first thing that you're gonna see is uh from when they play i think whether the lakers win the first game or not the first thing you're gonna see is like ooh. They really are gonna. They really, really need uh, Avery Bradley out there, because <laughs> um, this is literally the series <laughs> where if you have an elite defender on the perimeter, you 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 need him. Um, they're clicking. I don't know. I mean, they're they're really clicking. If you told me that they're gonna match up in the second round, I'd feel a lot better about the Lakers. But click like the as locked in. I mean, this is the playoffs for Portland. You know, they're already in playoff mode. You look at the way, you know, Carmelo's knocking down shots and, you know, Zach Collins, Nurk looks Carmelo like. looks fit, by the way. Oh, he's, yeah. He's, I mean, he looks great. <laughs> he looks he great. looks He looks better than he looked in OKC. And he did okay in OKC. And he did okay in OKC. I mean, he, he looks like, like his, he looks, he's really lean and just, I mean, you, he's moving really, really well. As good as he's ever moved, you know, and Nurkic at the top of the, you know, at the at the top, you know, he's made uh, twenty, he made twenty six something free throws, straight free throws in the bubble. Yeah, I mean, like that's crazy. And then, and what's he, him, and Zach Collins are playing so well that what's his name is only seemingly only put in situations where he's going to have success. Whiteside. Mm-hmm. Yep. Like he, like when I'm what's watching his name, Whiteside, same yeah. difference. <laughs> yeah. But I feel like every time he's out there and he, he goes in these like four minute stretches, I'm like, he played pretty well. You know, Mike, he played well. He didn't yeah. Against reserves. And you know, yeah. and you're like, you know, he, what did he do? He blocked shots. He rebounded. He caught and dunked. You know, he, he had a didn't point do anything too crazy. Played, anything too crazy but like i mean they're really really working gary trent's playing really oh, gary well. trent's sick yeah I, I mean i don't really know how much I, I only time i'm feeling um 
taking some breaths is when Mario Azonia has to make a lot of decisions. Well, luckily they've kept him off the floor so far. <laughs> but but you you speak to the point that was just hitting my brain is like they're they're currently running eight deep, so they're running right. a playoff roster right or a right. playoff rotation right now. But they're, they're, you're going to have to crack open one of those guys, and and, and it might be. Um, um, I'm losing his name. Um, the rookie, or the second-year guy. Little? No, no, they don't have to crack open Little, the guard. Um, oh, man, I'm telling you, the coffee didn't kick in today. Is it uh, Simons? Simons, thank you. Yeah. Simons, who's good. He's good, like, right. but he's young, very right. young. What happens when... Maybe you get a an injury, you know, a small injury, and then somebody's got to step in and play. But I mean, Collins can match up with Anthony Davis. He won't get calls, and he right. he fouls too much. He's got to play smart. He's got to play way smarter than he plays. Than he plays right now, yeah. yeah. But I mean, you you talk about like they do a couple things right, you know. The the, the LeBron question is probably the biggest one. Is Who's going to cover LeBron? Right. And that one I don't have an answer for. But do you think... Although, actually, hang on. Stop the show. Uh-oh. Mario Hazonia... <laughs> you can <just> say that. <laughs> did have a moment where he stopped LeBron for the Knicks. No. Ma- Mario Hazonia is athletic enough. I worry about Mario Azonia on offense. I feel like he's just said. Uh, oh just, uh, no! You just Dame just walks over and slaps him. That's the plan there. <laughs> That's the. Well, what if Dame's on the bench? <laughs> the he gets one of those extendo hands, you know, go go gadget slap. Yeah. Uh, it, it, it's going to be an interesting series. I, I, I would. It would behoove the Lakers to win game one handily. You know, like, Portland's going to be feeling really good. And I don't care. Like, it's one of those things for me, if I was Frank Vogel, LeBron and KD or AD might have to play 45 minutes and take 70 shots between the two of them. But we're going to win this game. And we're going to crush win. their spirit. We're going to win by... 15, 20, 25 points, you know, and try to and, and really see how they are as far as their character goes. You know, um, the rest of the guys, you know what you're going to get from uh, Dame and, and CJ's going to keep chucking. But, you know, what, what are the rest of the guys? Well, and it, I mean, Carmelo has that experience. And, you know, and Carmelo, Nurk, yes, Carmelo's fine. Carmelo's Nurk, um, his experience is a little, little bit lim- more limited. Um, Collins has yeah, got some decent experience. Like they, they have the personality of guys that I think can forget a, a blowout. They do, but the but the Lakers got to put them to that test. You it'll know? fatigue them at a minimum. Huh? It'll fatigue them at a minimum. Yeah, because like it, when when you when your brain has to work overtime to get back to the right spot, there's a there's a cost. You right. know. Um, I'm that... interested to see what people do because of um, – I wonder if the lineups are even going to get smaller because of the lack of travel, you know? Like he, he, that I think is a huge factor in why guys 
played their minutes even in the playoffs, you know, even though you're shortening the rotation. I don't I think guys would shorten them even more if they weren't, you know, if they didn't just get, if they hadn't got off a plane and sleeping in a hotel and all that kind of stuff. I mean, well, another little side game there is if you're the Lakers, you're planning for of the finals run. If you're the, the the Blazers, you're not planning for that. Right. You're planning for one series and you're going to blow it out with, you know, 44 minutes for each of the Lillard McCollum. But but adding Gary Trent, man, he can defend. Yeah. He he can shoot. Yeah. I mean, he is he, he is like a coach's dream. Because he he does everything right. He plays really hard, and he's not a guy that like if you play him twelve minutes, and then the next game you play him twenty eight, you're gonna get the same effort. Like it's it's like he's just like a dude. He's the kind of guy when you coach that you you don't tell you don't like, you kind of forget to tell him that he's doing a good job because he's like overly professional and like, right check you know, it's like, you're good like it's like hey and i haven't told you in like three months but you're doing a great job buddy <laughs> you know? so it's gonna be an interesting series I, I i i don't know it's gonna be it's gonna be a good well, series and and this kind of funnels into one of the next items on the docket um is so it's like terry stotts he's got two key choices you know like lebron I don't see how you don't use Mario Hazonia there. He's the only guy that's got any history at all of being decent there. Yeah. I mean, Collins would be fouled out. You know, Mello's a non-starter. Yeah. So, I mean, you would either have to, you basically have to just double him, you know, and, and, and pray he doesn't kill you, which he will. So does, so does Terry Stotts, make that move early and then shifting the discussion over to Denver. So uh, Michael Porter Jr. Mm -hmm. has become what everybody thought his upside was. And yeah, there's going to be flaws to that, but you know, he's put up something like three consecutive 30 point games, or maybe he came up short. I can't recall. in this last one um, getting like 10 uh, rebounds at the same time. Um, But he's just, he's moved so quickly out there. And um, Jeremy Grant is really at probably his his uh, peak as a player, and you've got Will Barton and Paul Millsap. You know, Barton has really struggled, probably for about eighteen months now, maybe more. Mm-hmm. Um, we were but, pretty. I mean, I was pretty high on him too. Yeah, um, I mean, he's he was for what he was and and everything. I mean, the injury was really bad, so that mm-hmm. that definitely factors in here. Millsap, you know, he's he's like that 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 pitcher in in the last year of his career that can throw like whatever sort of snot on the ball to <laughs> to get by, like right now. Um, and he'll probably have some big playoff moments, but like you got these two young guys that might be better. Yeah. And does Malone make a change there? If so, when, like, how do you roll that out? You know, I mean, you're using the bubble right now to see some of it, but do you make the call in game one? Do you make them earn it a little bit? Do you, do you have a quick trigger to, to flip the switch? If you do see that the, that the young guys are are playing and and outperforming the old guys like that to me is fascinating. Yeah. I think that Malone's been around, long enough to know and considering that he's been 
unjustly fired and stuff like that. I think he's he he knows that the playoffs is no time to worry about people's feelings and there's no time to worry about what the people upstairs says. You know, because you can do everything right as a coach and win and they still fire you. So yeah, he I knows think, that. <laughs> he knows that. So I don't, I would imagine that he's just going to roll them out there. You know, if, if that's what he sees fit. I can't imagine that he's going to like let dudes struggle because, you know, it's not, I mean, okay, first round, they're going to be matched up against, I mean, maybe if they're matched up against Utah, they can get away with it, you know, but Oklahoma City, if they're matched up against OKC, I mean, OKC plays really good defense, has a lot of athletes. It's going to, if a guy's struggling, I don't think you want to see OKC. Mm-mm. So, you know, so I think that against an OKC, he's going to be like, I'm getting those kids out. I know I'm going to put the ball in the hole. Um, so, I would think it's I think it's going to come sooner rather than later. Let's go lightning around on the rest of these these concepts here. <clears throat> and uh I want to get your take on you mentioned the Jazz. Mm-hmm. Uh are you with me? I, my position is, is that Rudy Gobert is not that good anymore. And are are you with me or are you I mean, I think he's I think for I mean I think he's got the defensive reputation. I, I don't I mean like I'm just not a giant Rudy Gobert fan just because I'm not a big fan of people that inept on offense to make that much money. You know, like you can't you can't fumble the ball as much when someone throws you a perfect dime four feet from the basket. You can't just fumble the ball up there and miss it as often as he does. You know, it's, it's just so I've never been a great, I've never been a huge Gobert fan. But then when you take away some of that, his athleticism, um, and and some of the other guys are struggling on defense. So he, I, I feel like, you know, earlier in the year, you know, Conley, I don't think Donovan Mitchell was playing very hard on defense, um, and I think that's seeped into Ingles, you know, and so I, I think that he's been challenged a lot more than he was used to, and he's not as good. So, yeah, I mean, he's looked me, pretty he's, ordinary against yeah, just, certain guys. Yeah, I think he's like, just, like I, Davis cooked him. Yeah, you're supposed if you're if you're getting brought up as defensive player of the year, which I think is just absurd. Like, yeah. you need to be good in that matchup. Yeah, like you know he, he it's and it's not about the numbers; it's about how easy did he get it? Did he get where he's gonna where he gets his stuff? And Davis did whatever he wanted to, you know. That's 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 the mark of a good defender. It's not like you. It's not because you hold them to five points. It's that you made them shoot twenty percent. You know, the studs are going to be studs. And also, like the profiles, like he profiles as a guy you should be able to cover. Like you know, same right. height. Just like it. That that was my. It's a that that whole thing's been mind blowing. Um. Yeah, Utah. I, I'm not I'm not getting stock on Utah. That's for sure. Um. What did I want to ask you? You, you mentioned OKC, OKC showing well. I think that you know we've we've kind of covered that in past shows, so we can move along. Dallas, I don't have any faith in them in a first round series. Um, oh. oh, they they look like they just met sometimes. Like they're they're struggling to do anything right for like more than like five minutes at a time. <laughs> I thought so. Like I, I, I won on the Clippers bet against them, and I thought to myself, that team has like five guys that can defend Luka Doncic. Like, 
Yeah. And that's what I've been wanting to see the league kind of figure out is like, you got to get a guy like in the, the Paul George, Kawhi Leonard size range that can just kind of get underneath him and not get beat, you know, yeah. force him into the step back stuff and, you know, just kind of go from there. Yeah. Um, the Pelicans, total flop. Yeah, I mean, that's a mess over there. Not, not <laughs> even sure what to say there. Though I do think that, that um, Ingram has, like, first-team all-NBA kind of potential. Yeah. And- no, like, we're, we're, you know, we both predicted him to be better than, than Simmons. And, like, it, after that first year, after, you know, Simmons' first healthy year, we were like, uh-oh, I don't know about that. But <laughs> it's, it's, it's turning. It's turning, man. He can like- flat-out shoot now. Yeah, yeah. He's aggressive. And- it's, runs the floor hard, I, you know. He's he's doing what we he's becoming the guy we thought he was going to be. So he might end up being better than he won't be like a better shooter, scorer than Durant. But like you know, Durant's got so many holes in his game. You know, we've covered at large. Like I wouldn't rule it out that he could I, make that kind of impact. I might rule it out. He's such a good shooter. I think Durant's going to be able to play for so long. <laughs> I mean, he if he never if he never puts the ball on the floor again. You know how I judge it? I judge it like this: like if if you can't as a player figure out how to make the right plays in the, the, the high leverage situations, then I downgrade you significantly. I do this to LeBron, you know, the whole J, uh, JJ Barea thing, or you know, whatever the flavor of the year is. You know, like if you don't have that killer instinct that Kawhi has, you know, um, somebody that like we talked about earlier, Kyle Lowry has, you know, if you're not winning the details game, I downgrade you so much. So like I look at if if Ingram can figure out the details game, which I don't know if that happens underneath Alvin Gentry. Yeah, yeah, Alvin's. Yeah, it's one of those things like, and we've talked about it before, you know, there's there's a couple of guys that are elite, there's a couple of guys that are terrible, and everyone in the middle is just kind of the same, and mm-hmm. he's, he's in that the same kind of ca- category, and he's got enough of a, a coaching history that like, you just don't see him do anything all that creative, right? Like there's no there's no guarantee that if he has elite talent that like you know like he's gonna make the right decision and you know like I, I don't know like it's it's one of those things where like you're not getting a bad coach when you have Alan Gentry but I don't know that you are necessarily maxing out what you have with Alan Gentry. He also seems to be getting tired, and so you see some effort based stuff out of him. Coaching requires effort. It does. Like, I mean, George Carl, and I'll let you decide on our last lightning round topic here. And and I and I say that because George Carl used to coach the Kings, and that is one of two of your choices. Mm. Um, But like when he came in, like he just sat on the bench, and and you know who Luke Walton does it. Like the like Doug Christie's on the telecast, begging for a technical, just begging for technical out of the coach, and. You know, some coaches don't look at it that way. They look at it as, you know, let the game flow. But there are times where effort is required. Yeah, that's and it's funny because I think, you know, I see with Luke Walton a little bit of like 
I see it in football with like the assistance of Bill Belichick. Like none of them have been even decent really as head coaches. And I and it's like they think because they've done it as an assistant or whatever that that, that they get the swagger. They get and the they, Nick Nurse he swagger. Does, he does like he like Luke, I watch him sometimes. He he does have a very Phil Jackson esque thing about him. But like Phil Jackson was a yeller and a screamer and a he was just he just had bad hips and and bad knees toward the end. Like as the playoffs as the playoffs move on, Phil Jackson was up and going and and every time he's talked about coming back, it's always been about do I have the energy to do it? You know, that's you know, so it's funny that a guy like as young as Luke is just kind of laissez faring, hoping that this this group of like 20, 22 year olds is going to figure it out on the fly. Well, that, well that, that's why it's so funny that like he is that way. But like, and if you're in Sacramento, you know that everybody hates Buddy Healed. Like, everything's Buddy Healed's fault. And it's it, that's like an organizational thing where like, you know, he's on the outs with the top of the organization for a variety of reasons. So then that goes and trickles out through like the media and it goes and it trickles out through the coaching staff and like players like basically Buddy Heald is persona non grata in Sacramento. And Luke, I've never seen a coach chew out a player on a court as badly as, as he did for Buddy making just like a classic mistake, like the ball bounced off his hands and went out of bounds. <laughs> it wasn't what it wasn't like that bad. Right, right. And like he screamed so loud, I think he lost his gum. And but that was the only time this year he screamed. Like I've, I, I think he's gotten like three technicals. Yeah. Um, and 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 I guess well, I'll give you the choice here as we gotta wrap up and get out. You can talk about. Houston, and if their small lineups are working, and if they work for you mm-hmm. in the playoffs, or you can laugh at the Kings. Your choice. Well, we've, we've talked about the Kings, so let's go with Houston. I think as long as the league remains dumb and wants to chuck up threes with them, they're going to be fine. You know, like it, 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 it's. Do, do they win their first round playoff series? Uh, where are we at? What are the potential um, matches? I think it's all jumbled up. Like it's all jumbled up. So we're lo- um, well, if they're four or five, and it's against, yeah, if they have to play, if they're in that four or five, and they have to play either Utah or OKC or Dallas, I think they're definitely winning the first round. So you got them over OKC, Dallas, and who was the other? Utah? And Utah. Like, definitely. Like, I, I wouldn't, I mean, definitely. Like the, I don't know that I would take them against OKC. I, I would only because of their, their lack of experience. I just think that they're not, I just think that the Rockets are going to steal games from them. Like, I, I, can, I think that there'll be two games in that series that OKC should win and they won't. I'm not picking them over OKC just yet, though, because I really need to dive into that because they they don't I don't think they have somebody that screams James Harden stopper. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, Roberson, maybe. 
Maybe. Uh, yeah, I mean, definitely. But, and it, but he wasn't the, good before this most recent injury. Yeah, I don't know. He, I, I think he, I think he could be okay, and I think he has a reputation enough that they'll let him stay out there and maybe do some things to James. That's but, a good uh, point, right there. You know, so maybe he could touch him a little bit. I just think that on the offensive side of the ball, I just think there's going to be some game closeout issues that they're going to be struggling in. Now, second round, that's going to be a tough, should be a tough road for um, Houston. Well, right now they're in the 4-5, so they'd be looking at the Lakers. Yeah, I think the or, or the Portland Trailblazers. I like to, I like to laugh about that scenario. I yeah. mean, can you imagine if, if that happens? If Portland if Portland by? beats the Lakers? Oof. That would I be, mean, talk uh, about the chaos in L.A. Oh, yeah. That'd be interesting. That's That'd a tasty meatball for another show. Is um, okay. One they get out of the first round to me. Okay, all right. I, I mean, it's a pretty good bet. I mean, the Jazz, they blah, Thunder. We've already, yeah, it's a pretty good bet. Yeah. Unless, they, but but they got to watch out for that. They don't fall to like the six or something, and then face the Nuggets. Yeah, they don't want to face or the, the Clippers. Yeah, well, yeah. Forget about the Clippers. I mean, right. That's a done deal. That's a that's a that's a four that's well, a four One last question before before I, I let you go here. Um so let's assume Portland gets in to the eight nine. Mm-hmm. Are you taking the Grizzlies who have a two game advantage on the Spurs? And I have no idea what the tiebreakers are. Yeah. None. The Memphis came up with a big win over OKC last night. Yeah. Uh, do you think that the Spurs can can steal this spot from the Grizz? How many games are left? About four, I want to say, for both teams. Ugh. It would be tough. But I think Memphis has a tough, the tougher schedule left. That was a huge win for them yesterday. They got a gift out of uh, Stephen Adams not playing in that game. And I only say that because it ruined my bet. Because yeah, he can cover uh, Jonas Valanciunas, and then things are different. But yeah, this I don't know. That's a bit, that's a big one. I, I think that they should be. I don't know. The J- Jackson's not there anymore now. I mean, it's possible. Well, you know what's happened is Dylan Brooks has gone on a heater. He's he's making all the shots right now. That we ripped him for uh, last week. <laughs> you know, I watched the first of the two games that he's gone off in, and I'm telling you, man, like there's the first team that actually concentrates on stopping him. Yes. will do so. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, got, <laughs> he, he was making shots like a bounce on the rim four times, you know, and he comes off the screen and he's just like, I'm firing. It doesn't matter. And you know, like kind of like these quick releases, he's almost got like a flip shot. You know, the, the Rashawn Holmes push shot, like going yeah. from 18 feet just to get that thing off. Yeah, it's kind of like if you if you put up, like if you had somebody that never seen, that had been watched basketball in, in 10 years, and you put up Clay Thompson's stat line, and then you said, watch Dylan Brooks, that's Clay Thompson right there. The person, the person would be like, "Well, I can see why he shoots that much. I mean, look at look at how much he scores, and like look at his percentage and stuff. I can see why he shoots that much. <laughs> like, like you, some of the shots that Brooks takes, you're like, who are you, dude? 
Like, who are you? You are and, not. And, and you watch. I, 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 I had money against them, and I'm just watching and going, I'm going to lose to this? <laughs> what the hell? Anyway, sorry, Dylan Brooks. They only got three games left. But I don't know, like, Milwaukee's not going to play anybody. They, I think it, it's Toronto, Boston, Milwaukee. They should all be losses, but I don't know how if these guys are going to try and win. Well, that's the and that was in Woj's report of like teams are really pissed about like the 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 bottom teams in the West that you know watching teams roll over so like Portland you know could get a win and then um, Utah benched everybody against right. San Antonio and, and teams you know we didn't even talk about the Phoenix Suns. Yeah, They're, um, you know, they, I, I'm pretty sure they were the ones that were pissed off. But, um, you know, the, the, the tanking at the end of this, it's uh, it's going to come to a head. But but the fact that the Grizzlies won that game against OKC on the math side, because they would be 20 games back tied with the Blazers with the Spurs one behind. Now that two game lead. Yeah. That's huge. It's a yeah. big difference with just three to play, and I don't know how many New Orleans or probably San Antonio's got to go. Uh, Portland, big game here in a few minutes, actually. Um, yeah. So uh, I, I've been loving this. This, this. Got, the New or- so San Antonio's got New Orleans, which should be a win. Then they got Houston and at Utah. So you know that they're gonna. I think that they're gonna win. Beat New Orleans in Utah. Houston, I don't know about. Um, but they very well can get all three of those, you know, depending on what Houston's trying to do as far as their seeding. So, the Grizzlies got to win, you know, <laughs> they got to win, they they, they got to win, and I don't. It just depends on if those teams are like Milwaukee game. I say is a absolute victory for the Grizzlies. Like I, I can't imagine that they're going to go out and try to win that game. You know, I just can't imagine that they're going to do that. Um, Boston, I don't know about. You know, we'll see, but it's gonna be interesting. I would, I would say that the Grizzlies hold on with the skin of their teeth. <laughs> it's, it's a fun. I, 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 like I was just about to say, I love the bubble. I, I love the fact that games are on all day. Uh, productivity's gone down. Uh, not gonna lie there, but uh, it's, it's fun, and we'll see how this all breaks down for the next week, and then uh, next week, we'll pretty much. I, th- I don't think we have a. I, I gotta see how the calendar lines up, but we might be talking about the playoffs. Next, next week. week's show. What are so. we, we? Yeah, the la, I mean, this. Yeah, I mean, it looks yeah. like August thirteenth, at least for the Grizz. So that's like the middle. That's like the middle of the week, right? So, but we record. It will have playoff matchup. We should have. We'll have playoff matchup. So. So that'll be fun, and I mean, you know, as the world turns, we'll we'll all go through it together. So, uh, cause. Yeah. We're, we're talking serious hoops, man. Crazy. Didn't we th- went from nothing to like everything. Yeah. yeah. In, in like one swoop. So that's been nice. Uh, hey, guys, follow us online on Twitter where we don't tweet. www.twitter.com slash KZANDBRU show. My God. That was questionable at best. Thank you for the compliment. Facebook. Cause. Can you give the guys a post this week? Yeah, uh, you know, yes, I will. Can you commit to one post? <laughs> I can. I can. I, I saw a good. There was a good onion when I posted on my personal feed, but uh, 
Well, sprinkle the love, man. Facebook.com slash K-O-Z-A-N-D-B-R-U-Show. See, I did it. Another one's in the books, guys. Peace.